Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have a special guest with me, Dr. Allison Evans. Dr. Allison is a doctor of chiropractor who focuses on creating technology that combines healthcare with innovation. She was at the forefront of the Rock Tape brand, which is often used in physical therapy clinics and in gyms, and she is now the co-CEO and founder of Fringe. On today's episode, we talk about the benefits of sunlight, red light, and infrared light for people with multiple sclerosis to reduce inflammation, improve energy, and so much more. The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Dr. Allison, thank you so much for being here with us today. I am happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm really excited for this topic because it's the first time I've ever had anyone on the podcast to talk about something like this and this different form of healing. Yes. So really looking forward to diving into those questions. Yeah, just trying to open minds a little bit. That's the goal. Yeah, absolutely. So before we dive in, is it okay if I ask you a question from my interview deck? Yes. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to shuffle. So funny because most of the time I pick a question, it directly relates to what we're going to talk about. So I'm curious what yours will be. Oh, I'm not sure if this will apply. (laughs) Yours is, did your childhood shape you into who you are today? Yes. You know, it has to apply to what we're going to talk about today because I grew up in a very small town in Northern Canada. So I was just saying this to somebody the other day that those years of like, maybe when you're born till you're about 12, I don't think you know much about what exists outside of your day-to-day and what you do when you wake up, who you play with, how you play, you know, how you hang out. And I grew up in a really small town that was very cold and I lived outdoors. I all, we didn't vacation. We didn't go to to Florida or Disney world or anything. We went camping, we went fishing, we went on snowmobiles and we just immersed ourselves in that sort of natural outdoor living. And ironically, that is what the company I have today is really all about, that we need to get so much more back to that way of living. I also grew up without a lot which I think has shaped me foundationally about how I approach life and business and family and just my day-to-day living. I was gifted the opportunity to live very simply. And now I think living simply is quite complex. And so that's what I'm trying to share with the world, with Fringe and 
with what I wake up and do every day, trying to let people know that those types of things are medicine, how much time we spend outside, how much sunlight we get when we go into water, when we sit near water, when we spend time listening to nature, looking at nature, all of those things can actually have tremendous positive impacts on our health. So good question for me personally, that that works really well. Yeah. And you're so right. I love what you said about how living simply is now complex. It's so true. I had a call with a client a week or so ago and they were admitting their addiction to their phone. And I think so many of us are just screens in front of us all the time and don't make the time to get outside and to even see sunlight. Like I've seen so so much research and social media awareness about the benefits of sunlight within the last year. And it's like, whoa. I I was like, it's so amazing that sunlight is having a moment. God, I hope it is. You know, it's like, this is the irony of it all is that modern medicine has really only been with us for a hundred years, but really only the past 50. So for us, how we have lived is very different to how any of our ancestors lived before us. So we're a really unique hundred year blip in the timeline of, of human beings living on the earth. And I think that what I'm sensing and feeling and so excited about is that I'm feeling the shift to where people have to start taking notes of how much time they spend outside, what they're doing with their time. And why I say it's complex, it's because we live in a modern world. And so it is actually complex to say, you know what, you should be spending the majority of your time outside in the day. That the nobody, very few people are set up for that to be a possibility. So then how do we take that very simple thing, which is just getting more sunlight and how do we biohack or figure out ways that we can provide solutions with how we live today? We're not going to change how we live today. I think that that's the shift that I have felt over the past few years, which I'm sure you've seen as well too, just people talking about sunlight in our eyes and on our skin and how important it is. And it's like, yes, yes, it is. It's incredibly important. And to think, you know, that your blood pressure could benefit or your blood sugar could benefit or inflammation in your body could benefit from something as simple as 20 minutes outside in the morning in the sun is a big shift for us in the medical world. And especially too, when you're working with people or even just know someone with mobility limitations, that just adds a whole nother layer of complexity of getting outside safely. And especially if it's cold, I grew up near Buffalo, New York. So also very cold. Yes, very cold. Yes, very similar. Right. And so like, how do you get outside? And so having other resources available to get those same benefits is immensely beneficial. Yeah. Because when you take for granted many privileges that we have and movement is a privilege when you know this because of the people that you work with and help that when you've lost that privilege or when that becomes more challenged, then just the basics become even more complex to integrate into your daily life. So yeah, Buffalo in the winter, pretty similar, pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we get into first, maybe what fringe is, and then I want to get into the specifics of like what it does. I want to bring in multiple sclerosis specifically, but for those listening who don't know who you are, who have never heard of fringe, can you give us the background and the basics that we need to know about it? Yeah, for sure. So my background is I'm a chiropractor by schooling and by trade. And Fringe is now 
gosh, we're two and a half years old. So we're a new, we're a baby company. I have been in the health and wellness industry for 25 years, helping build companies. The last company was Rock Tape, which was really focused in on movement and mobility and sports medicine. And Fringe for me, when I started this company, was really sort of my accumulation of how I have viewed health and healthcare since as long as I can remember. And so the essence of fringe, which the definition of fringe means unconventional or the outer borders or edge of a group, is really that that's where I think we need to reside in order to change our definition of health and healing and healthcare in the world today. What we do at Fringe is we take ancient forms of healing, like sunlight, and we mash it up with today's science. So we talk about all sorts of different topics that we know have a historical use for thousands of years. And then we're bringing them to the forefront of, you know, Fringe has a whole group of medical professionals, a PhD, physical therapists, chiropractors, athletic trainers, massage therapists that take these modalities or ways of healing and we put research with them, science with them, practicality of how do these things fit into today's modern world. And we talk about them. We create content, we create products, and we share our message that way. So we talk a lot about plant-based type medicines, breath as medicine. Right now we've been heavily involved in red and near infrared light, and which is really a conversation about sunlight, just light in general um, as a healing modality. But obviously there's so many more. There's community, there's sound, there's nature, there's water, there's touch. The list kind of goes on and on. So that's what we do. I love that. I saw a commercial the other day that said, actually, what's a, I don't remember if it was a commercial, it was something on TV. And it was saying that one of the best ways to live a longer, happier, healthier life is community and surrounding yourself with people. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's probably number one and we take it for granted, you know, but the way we live in, in modern society today is that we actually lack that live community connection. And that's not to knock that you can create connection online. You definitely can, but people are very physically isolated and there is a lot of science to support how important it is for bodies to be around other bodies. It's really important for us. So yeah, arguably that might be, and we still always joke with our team, like what's your favorite healing element at Fringe? And and for me, it would be community because that's what we're building with the people that work at Fringe. And then obviously with our group of healthcare providers and people that use Fringe products or learn about different healing elements, they ultimately, I think, are curious and are looking for alternatives. And one of the core concepts for us with everything we share info on or create is that if it's safe and effective, then why wouldn't you give it a try? And so there are so few things in the medical world now where you can truly say they're safe, that there isn't a a small price to pay for the benefit that you may receive. And so with everything we talk about, it's the safety profiles through the roof. The effectiveness is proven through today's research and science and the ease of use 
is where it gets complex. They're pretty simple. A lot of it's free, but are we willing to change how we live? Yeah. And so yeah. what I really want to dive into, the, the component um, that you mentioned that I want to dive into is the light, yeah. the sunlight, the infrared, near infrared, I think you said. Right. I I just started hearing more about this within the last not even a year, maybe nine months or so. And yeah. every now and then I would go to a local place that has infrared sauna therapy. And so it's combined with this sauna. And that was really when I first started looking into it and there was different colors, but let's bring it to the basics first of what is this type of light and why is it beneficial? Right. So red light therapy, I I put that in quotations because that's what it's commonly referred to today has been around for a really long time. It's been studied for 40 or 50 years. Um, it's had a lot of different names. So red light therapy, when I came out and was in clinic, we called it cold lasers or low level light lasers. The scientific term is photobiomodulation, but casually we refer to it as red light therapy, which is a little deceptive because it is both red and near infrared light wavelengths. And they are generate, they can be generated by LED type bulbs. So these bright bulbs that we see, but they can, it can also be generated by a laser diode, like I started using when I was first in clinic. But the real source of red and near-infrared light wavelengths is from the sun. And the sun generates about 50% of the sun's wavelengths of light are in the red and near-infrared category. And we obviously have UV light, blue light, a whole array of other light uh, wavelengths that come from the sun, but half of the sun's light photons that come from it are in this red and near infrared category. And, and the interesting thing about those two categories is they're very healing and they're absolutely essential for us to receive every day through our eyes and through our skin. And so we are light deficient. We are light deficient. And the very interesting thing about this conversation is that there is no replacement for light. So I can't go work out more today if I didn't get sunlight. I can't go eat more of this or that if I didn't get enough sunlight. The way that light creates energy in the cells in our body is you cannot replicate it with anything else but light. And so interestingly, one other source of red and near infrared light is through fire. So through campfires and since we've existed and walked on this earth, the sun powers plants, animals, and humans. And so we take that sun energy and light and it changes our physiology of how we function inside of us. And it's really, it's a powerful thing to stop and think about that and realize there's a whole host of a long list of chronic diseases in this country that would respond very well to those people receiving more sunlight in the day. As simple and as crazy as that sounds. That's the moment that sunlight's having and and I don't think it'll go anywhere. And so red and near infrared wavelengths can be generated from obviously technology. This is technology, LED diodes or laser diodes. And they're a way to fortify light. They're a way to supplement light. If we're not, if we're in Buffalo in February, you're not, if you hold any normal job, you are not seeing the sun. You leave in the dark, you come home in the dark. Right. And even during the day, it's probably too foggy or overcast to even get any light. 
Yeah. And the really interesting thing is this entire conversation is really about sunlight. And so the fact that when the sun rises, raises and falls, the physiology in our body is, we have a rhythm that responds to that sequence of the sun. And so when we get up in the morning, we're supposed to be outside getting nice, bright sunlight into our eyes. It stimulates our body to produce cortisol, which we want in the day to be productive, to be motivated, to have energy. And then as the sun starts to set in the evening and gets into these more red tones and darkness sets in, our cortisol shuts off, our melatonin kicks in naturally by the lack of light or these more calming red wavelengths of light. And then our body cues this sort of rest and digest aspect of our nervous system. And that's what gives us our cycle for sleep. And it's not just melatonin and cortisol. It's when our body produces glucose, insulin. It's when our body produces estrogen, testosterone, progesterone. Our entire hormone cycle is cued to this circadian rhythm or the rhythm of the sun and how it affects our physiology. And so I do tell people probably one of the best things you could do if you wanted to change something, it would be to get 20 minutes of morning sunlight every morning. So getting outside, getting up 20 minutes earlier, going outside. I'm not saying ex- you could just sit. You could really honestly just sit. I'm not even saying exercise or walk, although that would be incredibly beneficial, but just 20 minutes of sunlight in the morning can change how you sleep at night. And sleep is paramount for health and healing and reducing inflammation and fighting disease. So yeah, that's red and near infrared light. It's as simple as that. And then sort of oddly complex to go and make wavelengths of light that are very similar to the sun, which is what we've focused on at Fringe is not listening to what everybody else is making and doing and really focusing on understanding what is the sun's intensity of light and making sure that when we create red light products, like even this wrap here, when I create this and put it on my skin, that the intensity of the light is very similar to what the sun would generate at our skin. So what is the difference between bright light therapy and red light therapy? Is it, it's gotta be different, right? It is different. Bright light therapy is used for a bunch of different conditions. You'll read about it most in like seasonal affective disorder, but essentially providing ourselves the, the bright lights in the day to simulate sunlight is helpful for the cueing of all of our circadian rhythm, our hormone management. Along with that comes mental health management with a whole slew of regulation that we can see with neurotransmitters with light as well. But bright light therapy is typically delivered more in categories outside of red and near infrared. It could be in the blues, the greens, so on and so forth. It's bright light therapy is the lumens or the lux, the intensity of the light that we're receiving. Red and near-infrared light therapy is specifically in a category of photobiomodulation in which the light, once it is absorbed through our skin or into our eyes, creates a physiological change in our cells. And that's a little different than bright light therapy, which is just an eye pathway for stimulating light. So I always tell people that red and near-infrared light therapy generates its benefit by Uh, the light wavelength traveling from this little diode being 
absorbed through my skin and then being essentially transduced and absorbed into a cell membrane, into water surrounding the cell, into proteins in the cell membrane, into the proteins within our mitochondria, in which once that you have to think like a little photon of light is absorbed, that cell goes from like one bar of battery energy to five. It helps the cell produce energy. And so it doesn't matter if we're talking about uh, skin cells, hair cells, uh, fibroblast, collagen cells, cells in my liver, lungs, fat, bone, tendon, nerves. If they're not energized well, they're not going to be doing their job well. And so when our cells absorb light, our cells produce ATP or energy. And the downstream cascading effect is fascinating. We know that our body brings more blood into an area when it's functioning well, that blood oxygenates the tissues in that area. So they're functioning well, that we can stimulate fibroblasts or these cells within our collagen in our uh, body that increases collagen production, that we see this inflammation moderation function when our body's working really well, it just does all the things it's supposed to do better. And so when it comes to a conversation about chronic disease and illness or all the things we treat, it's kind of like, why wouldn't you give it a try? It's safe, very safe, can be incredibly effective for certain conditions, has this amazing natural anti-inflammatory effect with it. And then brings blood to an area, brings oxygen to an area, stimulates collagen production. And so people ask us all the time, things ranging from MS to cancer, to pain in my shoulder, to anti-aging, to fat loss. And it's great. We can go send them hundreds of studies if we wanted to, or we can give them the foundational understanding of how red light therapy works, both red and near infrared light therapy, and then let them know if you're safe to be in the sun for 20 minutes, then you'll be safe to use red light therapy for 20 minutes and it's worth giving it a try for a month. Um, start supplementing light and see what improvements. As you can supplement it locally, you can supplement it more globally where it's shining over a big area or just coming through our eyes. And you can start tracking. How am I sleeping? How am I feeling? How am I walking? How are my symptoms? That's crazy. Every week we have testimonials that kind of blow our mind because the body is responding so well and so quickly to just light. Yeah. And that's really cool that it's absorbed through the skin because I do have a bright light therapy light and the directions specifically say there's three levels of brightness and the directions specifically say to get the most out of this, have it on the brightest setting. And I mostly use it in the winter when it's literally pitch black outside when I wake up and it hurts my eyes because it's so bright in this dark setting. And so that's really great that you don't have to worry about the intensity or the brightness of red light. It's just about getting it absorbed in your skin. Yeah. And you, the thing is, these are bright lights as well too. And so we, we are light deficient and in being light deficient, our eyes are light deficient too. So we very much so can acclimate to bright lights, uh, sort of like coming out of a cave and it gets much easier. But when you use the red light panels and you turn them on initially, some people would consider this bright light therapy. It's a very bright light. If I were to use this midday super, maybe like six to 10 inches from my face. It's bright. I can close my eyes. The light can still get absorbed through my eye pathway into the cells in my retina. We basically have little like light sponges in the backs of our eyes that can absorb those wavelengths, but it's still quite bright. You still could have that 
period of adaptation where you're sort of acclimating to the brightness of the light and then just utilizing it throughout the day, the maybe sort of the ease of using a wrap type, you know, product is that it's not visual. It's very much so just for skin absorption. And so the, the wraps have become very, I think, popular because they're so easy to use. They're a little cheaper and they feel nice and warm. The near infrared wavelength can generate a little bit of heat. It doesn't create a physiological effect through the heat, unlike a far infrared sauna, but heat is a nice thing. It just feels like sun. It just feels like a warm shower. So it's really comforting, which is great. So with multiple sclerosis, for some people, heat can be an issue when they get overheated, some or multiple symptoms could worsen, but it sounds like if it doesn't produce a physiological effect, then maybe that wouldn't make a difference. Can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah. So this would be considered warm and should always be considered warm. You wouldn't want it to be hot and you wouldn't want it to be hot, especially if people have reduced sensation, reduced blood flow to an area. And so an important thing in all red light therapy, you can sort of see me adjusting it, is being able to adjust the brightness of the light, which can reduce the temperature of the light. And so being able to, you know, if I'm with MS, it's funny, they've they've studied Parkinson's a lot. I would guess that there probably just was some money in the laser days devoted to Parkinson's disease and red light therapy. There's tons of literature on Parkinson's and red light therapy. With MS, we have a few animal models and then a really cool subset of human sort of subjective pain and function studies as well. But what you end up seeing is in that category of function, quality of life, decreased fatigue, sort of subjective response from the humans using the red light is that the response is that it feels really good. It's very comforting and that they do feel improvements in quality of life, reduction in pain, less fatigue, better mobility, which all makes sense if you're reducing inflammation, increasing blood flow to an area, increasing oxygen to an area. So if everything's functioning at 60% and you get it to 70% or 80%, I think everybody now sort of understands whether you have MS or not. We all have days where it's like, woof, this is a 60% day. You know, what could I do to help it feel 70% or 80%? And so, yeah, I, th- I think that the safety and the deliverance of these types of lights and the category that it's really about light absorption, not about heat production, makes it really versatile with the MS population. Far infrared heating devices, like you can get far infrared mats and saunas, they produce a lot of heat. And so anyone with a neuropathy, reduced sensation, reduced feeling, reduced nerve function, I'd throw up a, a yellow flag with those. Not necessarily a red flag because they do have benefits, just cautionary for people using them. I love that you reminded us that there are other things going on in our body that can affect us other than what is causing the limitation. I think it's so easy. I'll just use MS as an example here. It's so easy to get in the mindset of my nerves aren't responding in the way they should due to demyelination and X, Y, Z. Therefore, I'm not going to feel good today. And that might be true, but there are other things as we're talking sunlight, hydration, that can still make a difference even with impaired nerves or whatever condition the person might be having. 
I feel like I always used to explain to my patients that our health is sort of like a bucket. Just we put things into it, we take things out of it. And at the end of the day, when that bucket starts spilling over because there has been an injury, a disease, a lack of care for our body through diet or movement or sunlight, whatever it may be. It's like at that point, you have to start taking things out of your bucket and realizing like once I'm experiencing a symptom, there are ways to get the levels of that experience down. And and yes, I, I think that people who have neurodegenerative diseases, neuroinflammatory diseases, They have more stacked against them, but we're all still here and have to show up every day and figure out all these different tools that we can use to make us feel our best and function our best. But yeah, some days are just, you know, there are six out of 10. Yeah. 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 Right. Like regardless of any disease or ailment or illness, our cells still need to be hydrated. You know, we still need that sunlight. So that was such a great reminder. And for those who can't see us, we're just listening on the podcast. So you have a red light behind you and then you've held up, yeah. And you've held up a wrap. So can you explain a bit, I guess, specifically at Fringe, what type of ways do you guys offer to get this type of light, this red light that we're talking? Yeah. So the two categories that really have been studied a ton in the literature are both contact. So directly in contact with the skin and indirect contact. So standing at a distance from a light source. So what I have is I have a big panel. It's not huge, actually. Some of them are really, really big. And this panel, which is a 12 by 12 square, delivers an intensity of the sun when it's at six inches from my skin that's very similar to the intensity of these wavelengths of light that the sun produces. So this panel can get light on a much bigger area. So I could do my whole torso, my whole back. I can put it through my head. I could get, I use the panel for my face, my neck and my chest. It gets a nice big surface area, but I always like to remind people that the panel light very easily deflects from its source. And so these panels have to be more powerful, but like 60 to 80% of this light is not absorbed, just scattering through the sky. And so we make the source more powerful so our skin can absorb the intensity that we've sort of retro-engineered all our products to be like the sun. When I am showing you this wrap, which is really just a direct contact source of light. So I wrap an area of my body. Maybe I'm wrapping my abdomen or my knees or my calves or my feet. I'm essentially wrapping an area. And the best part is most of the light is absorbed because it's in direct contact with the skin. So we don't have to make the wraps as powerful, but we still have to retro-engineer them. So they are delivering that sort of magical range of intensity of light that's similar to the sun. And and that's what I caution people about in this industry right now is that we're very nerdy. So we're over here, not trying to make the most powerful thing on the market that we were almost saying the opposite. Don't do that. That is not how our skin is calibrated to receive light. And it can be uncomfortable. It can burn people. It, It just isn't what we are designed to absorb. So we're over here sort of, we look like we're making less powerful products, but we're putting a lot of effort into them being just like the sun when it comes to that intensity. So the benefit of the panel is that it can also illuminate a room. This thing can light up my office, my living room, a bedroom. And that is 
an added benefit of the panel because those red wavelengths can be absorbed through our eyes and that can be used in the evening. So instead of illuminating our home with artificial light or bright blue light, we can illuminate our homes or the rooms we're in at night with this red glowing light, kind of like our version of a fire, of a wind down, which can help support melatonin production, reduce cortisol levels and sort of cue that evening stage. So that's the two ways, wrap things or put some light on them through a panel source. So I think you mentioned for the panel, for most effectiveness, you'd have to be six inches or so away. So uh, for, if for it's skin absorption, yes, correct. For skin. Okay. So yeah. if that's what you're going for, if you're looking for skin absorption yeah. and it's further than that, would you get the same benefits if it was just going longer, like 30 minutes instead of 10 or... Yeah, that's the best way to think of light therapy is there's a few dials that can affect dosage. Time is one of them. So if you have a less powerful device, you can use it for more time or at a closer distance. The thing that is so important for people to understand, it's called a biphasic dose. It's sort of like the Goldilocks effect of light, which everyone has experienced when you've had too much sun at the pool in the summer. So too little light will have very little physiological effect. There is the sweet spot of light, which if you were to take all the studies, thousands, like over 4,000 studies over the past 40 years and put them in a blender, that time is 10 to 30 minutes in a range. The intensity is something called milliwatts per centimeter squared. The answer is the studies range from five to 50. The sun is 20 to 40. So it makes sense that all of these beneficial studies are right in that category. So we try to make that intensity 20 to 40. But then you also have a few other dials that you can change. But if the light is, it's counterintuitive to make the most powerful light and put it on your skin for two minutes. It's a biphasic dose. It generates too much heat and it negates the physiological effects and can cause detrimental effects where our cells now are having to recover from the light. So you're trying to find not too much, the porridge, the bed, not too little you know, that sweet spot right in the middle. And this biphasic dose has been studied a lot and referenced a lot. And it is why I caution people that there are a lot of really high powered LED products in the industry right now. And I caution people that more is not better, not when it comes to light, because we know what it's like to have too much sunlight on our skin in a day and through in our bodies. It's that point you're like, oh, here's a sunburn. Oh, here's my body now having to almost experience this in a negative effect. Chills, immune system can kind of drop. So yeah, that's, you're dead on in understanding that there's dials. So there's no perfect recipe, but there is a perfect reference range. We call it a reasonable dosing guide. So when people contact us and ask us about red lights they may have or use at home, and they give us some info, we can say, yeah, you know, you might want to use that one for 30 minutes since it is a little lower intensity. Or, hey, you got a thousand watt panel. That's powerful. I would stand back 12 inches and use it for 10 minutes. So your body can receive that light more safely. Right. That's a cool way to look at it too, where 
it is different for each person and it's going to depend what you're using. Yeah, too. And you can sort of graduate your way up when people start. We tell them, hey, you can use 50% light intensity. You can start with 10 minutes, but we made the wrap and the panel so that 20 minutes a day of light therapy should be safe, should be effective, should feel really, really good. And so we put 20 minute timers into all the products. We do have some people that they might be on medications that make them more sensitive to the sun. And so we say to them, it doesn't mean you can't use it, but ease your way into it. And it's a little opposite what people think about sunlight. So with red and near infrared light, it's absorbed by melanin, which is a melanocyte in our skin. And so darker skin tones absorb more red and near infrared light. And so, you know, people think, oh, if I'm really pale or have red hair, blonde hair, and I burn easily that the red and near infrared light may burn me. It's not UV light, so it doesn't work like that. But it is absorbed by melanocytes, which people with, you have very fair skin. People with very fair skin have less melanocytes in their skin. That's less melanin. That's why we're all different colors, you know, more melanin or less melanin. There isn't actually even black and white. There is less melanin in your skin or more melanin in your skin based on where your ancestors evolved from the equator. Like how crazy is that? So we do let people know if you have darker skin, tattoos, lots of hair, you may want to start with a little less light and work your way. Wow. This is all so fascinating. I feel like I want to try one right now. (laughs) I know it is. We're definitely, we'll definitely make sure that we get one towards you. I think right now we have a lot of people who love using the wraps because they're just so easy. And I think in the, we have a lot of physical therapists and chiropractors, athletic trainers using the products and, and the wraps are so comfy, but the panel at night, when my kids watch TV, the room just sort of glows a a low red glow and we put it down in the lower visual field. There's been some cool science to support that for thousands of years, we had this campfire in the evenings that extended the day. And that red glow was in our lower visual field and that our physiology actually responds better when that red glow is in the lower visual field versus peripheral or upper visual fields, which is really cool to think about. You know, that that's where we gathered for thousands of years and how we sort of extended the night. Yeah, because in the morning, it would probably be the higher part of the visual field just because the sun is higher. Yep, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's definitely yeah. cool. The 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 eye pathway stuff is just so fascinating. And and there's a few sort of people we always pay homage to. One is Professor Hamblin. He's sort of like the godfather of red light therapy. He's studied it for 40 years. He's published so many papers and and has been incredible. But probably newer source of information on light is Professor Huberman. He has a ophthalmology background. So there is a lot that is affected just by the type of light our eyes take in. So trying to reduce blue light at night, screens, artificial lights, that sort of stuff is, it's powerful for our physiology. Right. So if someone wants to look at your, what you guys have to offer, maybe get one of the wraps or the panels, where can people find you and just learn more about the company? Yeah. So fringeheels.com is our website and our handles on social at fringeheels. We're very active on Instagram and we, it's, it is, it's definitely a lot of information because our team is education first, product second. And so you'll always see us leading with tons and tons of info to support 
what we're doing. And that's where they can find us. Print Heels. Awesome. Yeah. And I will put that in the show notes as well. And I will agree. I found you guys first on Instagram yeah. and saw all of that education that you were putting out. And that's when I reached out. It's like, I've got to have them on my podcast because yeah. it's just yeah. so much good information. You know, it's very interesting because we have this brain health course coming out that we've worked on. And we initially did a, we have a seven hour course for medical professionals on red light therapy, but the information is so important for everybody, the consumer, you know, just everyday people understanding this is something, this market, it used to cost 20, 30, $40,000 for a red light therapy machine. You can get them now for a couple hundred dollars and use it every day in your home. And that's a really safe and effective way you know, to use it. But as we were putting together this brain health course, it was just really dawned on me that we segregate out everybody's body parts. You take your liver one place, your brain another place, but it's really interesting how our brain health is not something we're very proactive about. We don't do things every day to help the health of our brains or our nervous systems. We do things when we know things are wrong. And so as We were putting together this course and talking about concussions, traumatic brain injury, Parkinson's, MS, dementia, Alzheimer's. They have this underlying conversation around, we're not here to debate the cause of the disease. We're here to say that understanding that chronic and low-grade inflammation makes any disease process in our body worse. And so being able to deliver such safe, easy, effective means of, hey, this can have a reduction in in inflammation in my brain tissue. The science, interestingly, is probably like at the beginning of looking at red and near infrared light and remyelination. But at the end of the day, every cell under here, under our skulls, needs full power. It needs its ability to do its job. And if that means, you know, getting toxins out of the area, reducing inflammation, remyelination, this brain health course, we've created a hat, a head wrap that delivers light through our foreheads, through the top of our heads, through the back of our skulls. And really it's the beginning conversation about being proactive with our brain health. My mom has dementia. That starts long before we recognize it, long before we recognize it. And and the same goes for a lot of neurodegenerative and neuroinflammatory diseases. The process is silent for a long time. And so what could we be doing to just care for our brains every day? Yeah. Yeah. In the MS world, one popular phrase right now is smoldering MS, which is the idea that it's there, you know, it's happening. We don't feel it. Nothing, no symptoms have changed yet. So that kind of goes in the same alignment with what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, you feed it or you fight it. I truly believe that what we eat, how we move our environments or the stress, that we do or don't experience every day, it feeds it or fights it. So yeah, I, I agree with that. And so it'll be very exciting that this field, they've been doing intracranial laser red and near infrared light therapy for a long time. And some of these animal models for MS are with lasers, but now seeing the accessibility of this field and the popularity of this field, it changes things. When people have access to something for less money and more ease, you can shift you know, our understanding of it quicker, whether it's a drug or something as simple as a light source replicating sunlight waves. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just how accessible is it to us? Because every person that calls us and may say, Hey, I have less fatigue in my legs, or I can walk better. Or like, I just generally am feeling better. That's so much more important than any paper. 
it's so much more important than any paper when we get that feedback coming in. So yeah, oh, that's so awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with me today about this and sharing your expertise and your background and about Fringe. I th- yeah. And again, I will put your social handles and the website in the show notes if anyone is looking for that and just yeah. wants to scope it out a bit more. But thank you so much. This has been so insightful and really exciting to hear that this is available. So thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks for everything you're doing. It's really important work, really important work. So I'm honored to be here. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you love this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.